So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics fucking podcast. And this is actually the second episode that I'm recording quite right now. You know, I just recorded the first one and this is now the second one. Um, in between, I just made myself some, uh, some, some grain coffee, I think it is called. And also with, you know, a few scoops of cacao powder, which is actually something that I, you know, pretty like to do because um, I think it, you know, really kind of, um, really kind of, uh, you know, gives me the option to take in a little more calories because I'm, yeah, quite struggling a little bit with putting on a little bit weight because actually, you know, for building muscle, you just need a little few, a little more calories that you, than you're just burning. Therefore, this is actually, am I actually, actually a pretty fucking good way. Um, but nevertheless, it's not about me, <laughs> me and my nutrition and me or me and my, um, you know, fucking diet, but it is more about extreme ownership by Joko Willink and actually another person that they didn't point out, I think. Um, so this is actually the book that I've, that I'm quite reading currently, but I kind of stopped because, um, I read it on an e-reader and it was not my, my e-reader and therefore... I just, you know, do not have the, I do have the ability, but, you know, often it comes to the point that I do just not have the time for it. And therefore, I'm pretty fucking pumped to go through this one. And I always was like, yeah, no, I just don't want to go through this, even though I knew that this is a fucking good book because I'm actually reading it on my own, which is um, totally not the way I should go because it's more about you and it's not about me actually being like, oh no, I do not want to just spoil myself and whatever. It's more about, yeah, I want to give you as much value and as much knowledge I know so that you can just benefit from these videos or the podcast, whatever you're listening to. Um, so yeah, so Extreme Ownership by Choco Willink, or Willink, but actually, Extreme Ownership. I do quite remember, or I do quite think, that this is actually a book not only by him. No, no. Oh my god. I've once made the mistake that I actually do just uh, used Amazon, but the problem is that you can always just see my addresses, or my address, which is actually... Yeah, by Choco Willink. Uh, Willink, yes, and Life, or it's L-E-I-F, Life uh, Babin. How do you pronounce it? Uh, life. Okay, you actually say it, Life. Um, yeah, actually pretty interesting that a lot of, you know, just, uh, I think a lot of, uh, platforms actually do not point out that it is not only from Choco Willink, but at the end, um, they both did the same. I think they both were actually in the same team as well. So they both are, uh, Navy SEALs or were Navy SEALs actually. And then they just decided to, um, you know, pretty much write this book or create this book, um, because it pretty much, um, kind of teaches you um, teaches you certain things about ownership and about leadership um, by examples or through examples from, you know, actual, um, you know, war scenarios or, you know, scenarios Choco Willink and his partner or his, his friend had to go through, which is actually a pretty nice way to do this. And you can definitely see, okay, 
um, these are extreme moments and these are extreme scenarios these two people were in but um, but you can learn a lot from it so um, I actually only got to the first point of it or the first kind of um, tip it is also written pretty good and is therefore um, pretty nice to read and you know because there are all uh, there are, uh, all of them are stories so all of these tips kind of get packed into a story and makes it really easy to digest and also remember because we are just story animals. So Extreme Ownership is written by Joko Willink, a SEAL leader who explains how the lessons he learned in combat are relevant to leaders in any role. The importance of team is is emphasized. You are only as good as the man or woman behind you. This book provides fundamental leadership lessons through Willink's insightful combat experiences and stories. Willink examines examines a number of leadership concepts that have been proven as effective in both combat and business scenarios. Which is um, quite interesting, yeah, that they actually work. But um, yeah, this also just, you know, kind of underlines the point that I'm maybe often making that, um, you know, every time I'm reading something, um, it might be like, okay, I'm now just through reading the certain thing that I'm just reading right now, I'm understanding a, another thing that I've read once, you know, once uh, a few weeks or even a few months ago that just, you know, pops into my mind and then I'm, like, then I'm like, which was actually the same thing as yesterday. Yesterday I read something and then I was like, yeah, man, it, it this makes sense now. You know, I quite now understand why um, it was again about Gary, uh, why Gary always talks about this and why Gary just makes this point all the time. And it did, you know, quite been like, okay, it makes sense for me now, which is totally the good thing about actually reading a few things and quite a lot of things um, that actually you kind of just build up your knowledge in, you know, quite every area, you know. But yeah, so who is the summary for? If you're a leader in any area of life, also a parent, I would say, then this is a great read for you. Extreme Ownership is written by Joko Willink, a seal leader, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. So about the author, American Choco Willick served 20 years in the United States Navy SEALs. After multiple deployments in Asia, Middle East and Europe, Willink retired in 2010. He has since written Extreme Ownership with some help from fellow SEAL Life Babin and launches the Echelon, Echelon Front uh, where they teach leadership principles. Willick... Uh, Willink uh, now hosts the Choco podcast weekly with Brazilian jiu-jitsu expert Echo Charles, um, which, <laughs> you know, a funny story behind this one. I actually sometimes just um, actually watched his podcast because there's actually uh, another video version of it as well. Um, but, you know, listening to it is quite, quite interesting because you can totally just understand, maybe it's only because I read the book before, but you can totally understand that, uh, yeah, he has a lot of knowledge, he knows what he's talking about, and um, he can actually give you some value. But <laughs> the funny thing that I wanted to say is that I always meant that Echo Charles isn't like a jiu-jitsu expert or something. I always felt like, you know, this was his kind of nickname when they were in the SEAL team, you know, Echo Charles, what's up? <laughs> okay, now this now this is a little bit you know everything is getting clearer clearer and clearer this is this is just really nice to have so in the summary, uh, Willing's book is dedicated to the leadership uh, and we'll begin the summary with a brief description of what Willing uh, considers to be an effective leader. We will move on to a discussion around underperformers, teams, leaders and e- and ego before diving into the second part of the book. 
where Willink outlines the laws of combat and ultimately the laws of leadership. The final section in uh, Willink's book is dedicated to maintaining the victory of leadership, what a leader's checklist should look like and what some common things leaders need to be aware of are. We will talk about missions a lot in this summary, but keep in mind that a mission doesn't have to be a combat related. Consider any big task uh, or project you find yourself facing your mission. So the book summary, or the actual beginning of this book summary, and leadership. The first point that Willink makes is his book is uh, in his book is that a leader is only as good as their team. A leader cannot lead alone, which totally makes sense. You know, you could be a very strong leader, which actually just makes a really big part of having a good team. The leader is a very, very, very important factor of an overall team. But if you just have a lot of just, you know, failing links or a lot of just bad links in your team, then you can just be the best leader and nothing will happen. Um, a leader cannot lead alone. They need a team behind them with a common goal. Uh, and Willink explains that the only true test for a successful leader is whether or not his team finds success. And that's totally true. For all the definitions, descriptions and characterizations of leaders, there are only two that matter, effective and ineffective. Effective leaders lead successful teams that accomplish their mission and win. Ineffective leaders do not. And this is fairly simple and I do quite, you know, find it pretty funny that there are a lot of pretty easy definitions for a lot of things out in this world. And there are also, on the other hand, a lot of just really, really complicated um, explanations or um, strategies even for really easier things in the, in the world. And which is definitely something that I was quite, you know, just now talking about in the other episode um, which was about losing weight. You know, a lot of people just, you know, tell you about certain diets, the keto diet, just make it and you will lose so much weight and whatever. But, you know, at the end, it just comes up to the point that, okay, you are eating less than you're needing and therefore you just kind of lose weight because it's, you know, physically just impossible to gain weight when you're not, when you're not taking in too much calories or taking in more calories than you're actually burning again. But, you know, still a lot of people talk about it in you know such a I don't want to say scientific way because science is actually a, a great and big part of this but you know a lot of people have certain diets and you know if it's only about losing weight I do not understand it if it's about well-being you know there are other diets and a lot of people think that their diet is the bad best and a lot of people just think okay they are doing a good job with their diet in terms of being healthy not in terms of actually losing weight which is important because um yeah so Willink explains that a leader needs to be humble and understand when they were wrong. Definitely the first point he always made in the book is that if a leader is wrong, he should totally admit it. And this not creates the kind of framework of him not being accepted by the team anymore, but actually um, being more accepted by the team because they see, okay, you know, he's truthful, he's not um, kind of blaming somebody else, and he's actually kind of, yeah, he's just knowing he made something wrong, and they really, really... Um, kind of respect him or respected him for doing that because and I hope they just point out his story uh, when not I will totally do it because it was an interesting one uh, owning owning up to mistakes and establishing a way to write any any error is fundamental to being an effective leader leaders need to leave the ego at the door and the agenda is entirely devoted to their team is it actually agenda or agenda 
agenda. It is agenda. <clears throat> Sorry. And they need to forget about themselves as an individual. Uh, Willing's perception of an effective leader is someone who is able to focus purely on their team and the task at hand and not, you know, on themselves. Leadership and responsibility. Something that all leaders need to keep in mind is that you are entirely responsible. It all comes down to you. You're, you know, the last line of defense as Gary Vee always, you know, talks about it, which is totally true. Because at the end, you know, you know, a lot, of, a lot of your employees or a lot of your teammates will just fuck up something. But at the end, it is first of all your responsibility, responsibility that your mission is doing well because you are the leader. You are leading the fucking mission. And M and and, and you know, it's just at the end comes up to you because you're doing everything and. Therefore, you are the one to be blamed, and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Willing explains that this uh, that this responsibility is at the core of being an effective leader, and that's why he calls it extreme ownership. And you really have to own the actions and outcomes of the team behind you. This responsibility goes for any successes and any failures. It's not all about the good outcomes. Um, you have to own it when things go wrong. Uh, Willink explains that in any organization, the leader must face up and talk all of the blame, and take all of the blame. The ability to acknowledge any failures and own up to and own up to mistakes is a fundamental part of being an effective leader. You then need to establish a plan on how to fix any mistakes made, and it is all down to the leader at the end. But what about when the team members aren't doing as instructed, or the actions have led to the problems? Then it is up to you actually just giving them right instructions or actually instructions instructions that they understand or throwing them out of the team. Also a possibility. Regardless, Willing stresses the importance that an effective leader will never blame their team. Part of extreme ownership is understanding that your team members' actions are, are a reflection of your leadership. Leaders are required to ensure that the team is well-informed, well-practiced and able to perform as expected. Any issues from team members reflect on the leader, not on the team themselves or the team members themselves. Uh, when you have an underperformer, as a leader, it is inevitable that you will at some point come across a team member that is underperforming and essentially letting the team down. In this situation, Willink explains that it is the leader's responsibility to dedicate time to mentoring and training them with the aim of getting them up to scratch. Uh, in cases where this works, in cases where this works, then you can consider this as a then you can consider this as a success. However, Willink explains that there will be circumstances where someone continues to underperform. When this happens, it is important that the leader makes the tough decision to let them go, opening up a spot for someone else who is able to do what is required of them. And this is definitely the point um, that they made in the book, which was about, and I'm really trying to not spoil anything because I do not actually know uh, if they just explain or just point out a few stories, but um, but yeah, um, there was a story about uh, in the SEALs uh, boot camp, which is actually the place where the SEALs, you know, are pretty much made and they just, you know, really decide uh, who is a SEAL and who is not a SEAL. And there is something like uh, Hell Week or Week of... No, it's Hell Week, um, which is, you know, a week where you do just, you know, have very, very less sleep, um, 
requires you know less amount of of uh, you know food and you know a lot of circumstances uh, that are just not good for you performing at your highest. And then I think it was in this week. I'm not. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um, and at the end of this this week, they pretty much decide who is um, yeah pretty much able to go on. I think with another seal training, and who is not. At my point of view, I think. Uh, but you know, just look it up. Uh, you can totally find it. I think. Um, but in this hell week, uh, so-called hell week, <laughs> um, they just ha- they had a test about um, having a boat. It was some kind of plastic rubber board, uh, rubber boat, not board but boat, um, which is you know totally something you can imagine. It's pretty heavy, you know, uh, even though it's you know just made of uh, rubber plastic, it's pretty heavy, and they just you know have to have to carry it, carry it into the sea. Because they're actually training on a beach or somewhat, and they're training, uh, they're just running into this fucking sea with the boat on their hands or on their head, on their hands, both, and they're just throwing it in. And the fastest one who just gets out in the sea, um, turning one way around, around some kind of, you know, thing that's, you know, just, you know, a little bit. Uh, you know, just just standing in the water, whatever this is called, um, and then go back and actually go to the place where they actually just started. I think I'm not quite sure, but I think this was actually the case. Um, the problem was that there was first of all a team that was always underperforming, and they always called them called them the the Smurf team. I think no, it was actually because they were all so so little. In terms of their height, actually, I think this was actually the reason why they called them the Smurf team. Um, but at but at the end, um, which is you know basically a point that is just you know has to be made to the other point that they pointed out is that um, a leader is basically the one who just is responsibility for having a great team, quite. Um, because um, there was always a team who was just doing great. Um, this team just always won nearly, I think, one time they didn't won. But um, and there was a team that always just lost every single race. They lost it, and you know always the team that that won had a few minutes of rest, which was you know definitely something a lot of people strived for or drived for, because um, in Hell Week you didn't have a lot of rest, and therefore this was something pretty precious. Um, but the end it was like okay, the leader of the very very uh, the very very best team. And uh, this team that has always won changed with the leader of the very worst team. And the thing is, the thing was that it changed so uh, so much that the leader, uh, so the leader then of the um, uh, of the of the loser team, quite just made the second place in the next race. The other ones just got last place, if I remember correctly. And this really emphasized for me the point that a leader is really making just a good team even though they are sometimes and they also pointed out this this um the, they also pointed out or underlined the point of having weak links that um yeah they just have to so a good leader even is able to kind of link everyone together and um is pretty much able to have a good team even though um sometimes not everybody's just good or or whatever yeah um, yeah, so a leader who exercises extreme ownership must be loyal to the team and the mission above any individual, and it is all on the leader. Willink acknowledges that it is not easy that is not uh, a easy task to be a leader, and it takes a complete responsibility, especially when facing a failure. 
and effectively the has to change or have to have has to have qualities of humility and courage, being able to let go of your own ego and consistently work on weaknesses and solving problems is the only way to build an effective team and have successes. And although the leader must take full responsibility for any failures, Willink explains that this is not the case for success. Instead, the leader will credit the team and the members for success and positive outcomes. Yeah, totally. You know, it's then it's really like, okay, um, you quite know that you are the link that, or you're the person who is really just making the team, but you still just, you know, be like, okay, this is not my, this is not my agenda, or this is not my, um, my trophy that you just win by, you know, uh, kind of achieving your mission or your goal of the mission. But uh, you actually be like, okay, you know, this was the team. It was not me, even though you're actually the leader and you're the one who pretty much makes the team, but it was the team. A bad leader is a bad team. It is important to remember that a bad team is credited to bad leadership. If you are not given the proper guidance and training, then you cannot expect them to be effective. Olink emphasizes the importance of a leader who establishes their own expectations, their expectations from the beginning. Make it known uh, what is expected of every team member and be constantly striving for improvement. And this is and this is how a leader should lead. The team should be should be able to continue uh, on their own without further instruction, even in the absence of their leader. Which is, I think, actually the point that a lot of teams are quite uh, willing to to get to. Because if you're able to just you know create a team or kind of teach a team, your yeah, your instructions or whatever you're teaching them, so that they actually do not need you anymore. I think this is actually just the, the really, really goal you're having as a leader. That, you know, your team actually doesn't need you anymore and could basically accept any leader that might not be as good as you are, but, you know, they're actually so good and they're actually so good trained by you that they just are strong no matter what. So when leaders who uh, apt him... What the fuck? Is this is actually a word? This is actually a word. It's... E P I T O M I Z E, um, which is pronounced ip, uh, epitomize, yeah, uh, which is actually uh, the same thing in fucking German. Okay, always great to have words translated, you know, in another language, which basically then just mean the same. Thank you for that. So when leaders who epitomize Extreme ownership, I think this is just, you know, that, you know, kind of have extreme ownership, drive the team to achieve a higher standard of performance. They must recognize that when it comes to standards as a leader, it is not what uh, you preach, it is what you tolerate. Okay. And also something that I was quite thinking about is that um, if you're a leader and you kind of recognize that maybe there there is another leader or there's another person that might, you know, actually be, you know, a better leader than you are. Um, even in your team, then you should actually, I think, be like, okay, you know, even though it's quite a hurting your status or your pride or whatever, you should be like, in the sake of the team, be like, okay, um, this guy is better than I am. And therefore, he should actually be the new leader. You know, I'm going back in the team as a regular team member, not as a leader, but um, yeah, so that the team is benefiting from that. And, you know, just really taking you out of the whole system as a factor of, 
just um, yeah, just having a great team. Uh, Willink talks about the battlefield a lot, both literally and figura figuratively. Frigate, figuratively, whatever. So he explains that in both his situations, there are never bad teams, only bad leaders who fail their teams. And this is possibly the most important thing any leader needs to fucking remember. Uh, and I do quite remember to pretty much not look at myself all the fucking time, but rather, is this is working? Yeah. Um, rather have my uh, recording system, you know, anywhere else, but not on this uh, screen or desktop that I'm working quite right now. So leaders need to uh, believe. Willing stresses the importance of a leader truly believing in the mission or task at hand. If the leader does not believe in the work they are doing, how can they expect to inspire the team members, inspire the team members too? This is actually a good point, and this actually makes sense because if you are like you know, I give a fuck about it myself, you do not have um, pretty much the energy and pretty much the um, kinda felt passion to really kind of infect your team members with that sort of passion and to really motivate them and really just, you know, pump them up, pump them up for this certain mission. Uh, so if a leader does not believe, he or she will not take the risks required to overcome the inviolable challenges necessary to win and they will not be able to convince others. Definitely. So a leader needs to carefully consider the mission and ensure that their beliefs, thoughts and vision can align with the actions and outcomes or outcome of the mission. Uh, Willink explains that it becomes pretty clear when a leader believes in the work they are doing, it becomes clear to all of the members and it is easier for them to follow suit. Totally, you know, who the fuck wants a fucking leader that is like, you know, I actually don't want to, you know, who is actually himself or herself actually don't want to just talk about males because there are a lot of female leaders in this world um, for example Merkel as you know the German uh, what is it he called uh, she called actually I don't know because but you know she's a pretty important um, figure in the world also Oprah which is you know incredible woman there are just a lot of incredible women and I think um, yeah I should point it out a little bit more and I should actually maybe even learn a little bit more about actual very successful women because I some sort of only just, you know, you know, read things about people, uh, not people, this is a little insulting, sorry, and um, only read uh, things about males and, and or boys or whatever, but actually not so much about, um, yeah, girls. Actually, by the way, this is something, uh, the wealth, wealthiest people in the world i do want to see um who is actually the first woman so the richest billionaires okay which you know would make sense uh fucking shit this fucking shocked me <laughs> uh the world's billionaires can i do have just a ranking please 2018. Sorry for interrupting, but I'm pretty curious. So Jeff Bezos is, is definitely the first one. Bill Gates with a um, drop down, uh, drop down, down arrow because he actually, you know, really donates a lot of his earnings and therefore, yeah. Then Warren Buffett, then Bernard Bernard Onor, which is uh, from France, and Mark Zuckerberg, which is actually the fifth one. Okay, he stayed actually the same. I think, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg was actually the fourth one, uh, then Amancho Ortega, 
Carlos Slim. Yeah, this is actually not that such a Charles David Charles Koch and David or Koch, whatever. Uh, which what is Koch Industries? What they do, do, do? Sorry for interrupting. Um, ego. <laughs> you know, it's pretty. Um, I always quite um, tend to look up things that I'm interested in um, on the most or on the baddest or worst times or worst situations or in the worst situations. So as we previously discussed, a leader really has to ignore their own ego and any personal inspirations or aspirations. What is an aspiration? Okay. Uh, Willink explains that having an ego can be dangerous as it, as it clouds your judgment. Things like uh, constructive criticism and advice can be ignored due to an overactive ego. Definitely. And Willink... Willink, yeah, points out that there is a big difference between confidence and being cocky. A leader should always be confident, but never cocky. Totally true. Uh, confidence is also important in terms of actually believing in what you're doing, I think, in my point of view. And being cocky is actually just, you know, really kind of cutting out every every constructive criticism, which is totally something you should not do. And therefore, uh, I would really suggest you to go through uh, thank you feedback Uh, which is also a book that I've been talking about on this channel or on this podcast as well. Um, quite a good book about how to give feedback and how to receive feedback and what to, you know, look out for and what to just, you know, what's the best way to. Um, but there is an actual summary on the internet, but, um, or also just, you know, go through the whole one. Laws of combat and laws of leadership. When discussing the Navy SEALs, Willink discusses what he considers to be one of the most important tactics cover and move. And I actually, you know, pretty much uh, remember the story behind this one. So this pretty much translates to teamwork. Teamwork requires every single member working collectively towards the same mission. So we know that teamwork is essential, but it's the leader's job to keep everyone on task. Leaders need to remind each team member that they are not, uh, not an individual, but part of a large whole. A successful, so not a whole like, you know, you can look through, but a whole like, you know, a whole piece. Uh, a successful team works together seam seamlessly, but each member has to, to do their part and support each other. And Willink explains that when a team reacts success, when a team reacts success, every individual team member gets to share their res responsibility for their success. And also, you know, on the other hand, also for a loss. And I think... Um, to use this amount of time, I kind of want to explain the story that was made or just was, you know, pointed out or just, you know, the story that pretty much made this point uh, or explains the point Willink uh, made in the book, which was that, um, yeah, um, there were actually, if I remember correctly, I hope, um, uh, uh, there was some kind of trouble in terms of communication uh, in his, I think, Iraq It was Iraq, yeah, in his Iraq mission as a uh, Navy SEAL commander, actually. And, um, yeah, so there were certain problems. And uh, I think whether it's in terms of solving the problem or whatever. But, you know, at the end, it was like uh, he just, you know, went into a very, very fucked up situation um, where he just pretty much was kind of, uh, yeah, kind of uh, chased by by the uh, terrorists or by by the um you know by the by the uh, yeah let's say terrorists um and actually at the end he was just with a team member if i remember correctly and just really stuck into a place that wasn't that good 
Um, at the end, it was actually pretty about cover and move um, because he just covered his teammate and then, um, you know, through shooting at the other ones and, you know, the other way around as well until they um, pretty much got to their destination and pretty much got out of this very, very just really fucked up situation. Um, they just, you know, solved it pretty well, even though uh, the other ones had an RPG thrower, which is actually some kind of rocket, if you don't know, um, which is actually just incredible to kind of think like, okay, they are shooting a fucking rocket with a lot of fucking power in it at me, you know, and um, yeah, this was, I think, due to a uh, communication failure, and um, yeah, he just really looked for for his team or kind of really uh, wanted to solve um, this uh, kind of situation but at the end you know as I explained uh, he brought himself or he got into a very very bad situation but through covering and moving with his teammate uh, he was actually able to just you know get out of the situation and just um, move to, to the place that he wanted to. Um, I do not know whether it's because you know he didn't know where this way is, you know, where this way is going so that he got stuck or, you know, in terms of something else. I don't remember correctly, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's totally great that I can kind of contribute a little bit more to the actual books that I'm discussing as a summary because I read the book, even though it's it was only about, I think, 100, maybe 100 pages that I've read. Um, but, you know, this is actually quite a lot, I think. And um, yeah. And this really reminds me of Seth Gordon because he only reads books uh, until he gets to the point where he says, okay, you know, I understand the plot of the book, I understand the meaning and the uh, the message of the book, and then he just stops reading and gets to another book. Maybe this is his way to just be able to read, you know, 1,000 fucking books a year. Um, but yeah, you know, if it works for him, it's fine, uh, which is always important. I quite always should emphasize a little bit more that if you are happy with your life you're having, it is totally okay for me and I have nothing to say. If it's like, okay, you're not happy and you're doing dumb shit that's not making you happy or therefore your life is not happy for you, then I will just really get kind of aggressive. <laughs> then I really just stress around and, you know, try to put you in a better place. But um, you have to be conscious about that, you know, the things you are talking about and the things that you are or that are valuable for you um, do not have to be things that are valuable for other people. Therefore, just you know, general, generalize a lot of things and therefore uh, pretty much say, okay, you have to do this and that or whatever. Um, yeah, don't do that because you know, if people are happy, everything is totally fine and everything is okay. And I think the world is good, you know if the people are just happy. And I'm still seeing this on the other side here. There are some glitches and I'm pretty sorry for that. I do not know why it is like this. Maybe there is a way to solve it, but it's okay right now, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, with that being said, I hope you have a wonderful day and or night. And don't forget um, yeah, to just look at your legacy and try to be very nice in a macro. Sometimes in a micro it's not working that well, but that's also okay. As long as you're just you know watching out in a macro, but yeah, I wish you uh, yeah, a wonderful day and success, health, wealth, happiness. And I hope you're giving back something because this is also important. And do not forget, as I said, about your legacy. With that being said, I wish you a goodbye. <laughs>